0: I'm Kate Daniels. I'm so honored to have with us and to introduce this amazing family from our community who is doing such incredible work. The Muslim Community Resource Center is located in Redmond. It has its origins in the vision of Nihat, Nikki Sharif, who is the founder and CEO. Her husband, Kizer is the executive director, and their daughter, Nihat, is the director of the medical clinic that MCRC operates. It is an important entity, MCRC, located right here, and I believe most of us probably don't know of its existence. But it is time that we did, so let's meet Nikki, Kieser, and Nihat to learn more about this work. And a big Good morning and welcome to the Sharif family, because you are a family, parents, and a daughter and founders, though, together, of this incredible organization with the Muslim Community Resource Center that's located in Redmond. And I have to say that when I first heard of the work you're doing, I was just awestruck, because it's uh, so generous, it's so big-spirited, and there's such a dire need. So the two just really come together in big form. So perhaps let's just begin with how this really all came together. Kizir, if you would just maybe give a bit of an overview, and, and then we'll also, with each of you, uh, Nihath and Nikki, we'll have each of you share some mm-hmm. aspect of the formation of this. Does that sound good? Great.
1: So, Kate, uh, first of all, thank you for having us here in the studio today. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. And it's wonderful that, um, you know, that you're airing the show. Um, I, my name is Kiza Sheriff. I'm the executive director of the Muslim Community Resource Center. Um, we are part of uh, the largest mosque here in the greater Seattle area called Muslim Association of Puget Sound. And we run all of the huma- social and humanitarian programs for them. Um, but we really serve as a, as a platform to bring a lot of our mosques um, in the greater Seattle area together on a common platform to serve humanity. Um, serving humanity and doing charity and helping others is a key component of our of our faith. So this is really an opportunity to put our faith in action. Um, but I'm going to defer to Nikki, uh, who's really the founder. and It was her vision uh, that she started MCRC. Uh, about 10 years ago. Um, So I'll let her talk about what inspired her, what motivated her, and then we can talk a little bit about the programs that we
0: offer. Absolutely. So Nikki, yes, as the one who had the vision, what is it that came to you? I mean, that is just so incredible that you would have seen the need. Of course, yes, the need is there. What what was going on?
2: Actually, I've been volunteering uh, for Red Cross for a long time. But one day someone came forward and asked me, like, uh, I see you helping us out here, that's very nice. Where are your other Muslim counterparts? Where are they? I said, they are there, but they're just not uh, visible. They do some lot of good work. But, uh, so that's when it made me think, you know, that's that's a good question they actually asked me. It made me think and actually react to that thinking. And then, like, after a few days and uh, months, like even when we listened to the media and there was more negativity about Muslims. So I wanted to bring a positive impact to the society, uh, saying that all Muslims are not to be seen as the way it's been seen and shown. So uh, that's how where I came up with something like, why don't I do something to the society, the community and show as a Muslim? You know, positivity is there. Good is there. And through our good uh, faith and action, we can show the society that Muslims are there to do a and and that is really
0: such an incredible service then that you provide because of course, you know, in any group of people, there's what we will call a bad apple why do we focus on that negativity when there is there are so many people who are doing good work? And I've certainly been aware of that, and there have been some wonderful books written on the topic. And so you, though, I mean, what a powerful woman you are to really have that insight and vision and say, okay, why don't I bring this forward? Some people would say, well, maybe somebody else would, but something was driving you.
2: Yeah, and also uh, we used to... Uh Sometimes like Catholic uh, community uh, services and Jewish community services used to reach out to us to help uh, some of their clients with cultural sensitivity. So then uh, I realized, why don't we do something like this in our Muslim community? There was no such uh, resources in our community available. So uh, that's when we decided we could have kept any name for this organization, but we decided let's name it Muslim Community Resource Center. So that's how MCRC came up. To bring a positive uh, impact in the community.
1: If I can add something um, to what Nikki just said, so even though we are the Muslim Community Resource Center, um, our services are open and free to all. And in fact, eighty um, percent of the people that we serve happen just happen to be non-Muslims, right? Uh, but most of the funding is coming from our from the Muslim community. Almost 95 percent of the funding for all of our services comes from a Muslim community. And um, as as I said, about eighty, uh, roughly seventy-five to eighty percent of the people who we serve just happen to be non-Muslims. But that's not important to us, right? Our whole aspect is to serve humanity, and it doesn't matter uh, who they are. It's completely need-based. We do not discriminate on race, religion, creed, or anything at all, right? So I just wanted to highlight uh, highlight that.
0: And that's definitely an important highlight is to see how it really is community with no other kind of adjective around it. It's totally community. And it, in this case, the Muslim community is providing the services, mm-hmm. but we all can participate and and, and uh, take advantage, if you will, mm-hmm. of it just to have those services available to us.
2: That's right. Yes.
0: And Nihat Then one particular angle, aspect, a very important one when we think in terms of of health and human services and and health and medical services, you are uh, the director of the medical clinic. So tell us more about that and how this came to be.
3: Sure. Um, So one of the goals of this organization from the very beginning was to kind of address every aspect of um, the community's needs, whether it be like social needs or um, legal needs or, or of course, medical needs. Um, So when we got the opportunity and when we saw the need for um, our community members to, um, we saw the need for our community members um, for medical services, we kind of just brought everyone together and we were like, hey, we need volunteers to do this. Um, and then we were able to, we had a lot of support from the state, from the community, and we were kind of able to bring all of these services about. Um, and one of the most important things our the clinic does is provide primary care services, um, and primary and prevention um, prevent, preventative care services. And this includes like wellness exams, um, flu shots, um it provides like basic. Um, it provides lab tests. It provides um, cardiology. It provides uh, pulmonology, and we have a chiropractor. Um, so it's basically just seeing what the community needs and like bringing it to them where they're at.
1: And and Nihat, if you also want to talk about the referral and follow up that uh, that we can do since we are now uh, connected to pre-existing continuity care clinics throughout the Washington state. That's an important aspect that uh, I think uh, you should also highlight.
3: Yeah, um, sure. So I guess it's one thing to be a standalone clinic, but in order to be successful, we have to be able to partner with with organizations that have already been established and who provide these services statewide um, so that our patients aren't lacking in care in any way. Um, and this is especially important because we are, right now, we're just open once a month. Um, so we're actually part of the Washington Healthcare Alliance, um, which is a pretty large network of safety net clinics throughout the, um, throughout the state. Um, and then as a result of being part of the Washington Healthcare Access Alliance, we're also part of the National Association of Free and Charitable Clinics. So that gives us a wider reach nationwide. Um, and being a part of this network allows us to refer our patients um, on days that were not open um, to other safety net clinics or other facilities that will be able to provide them the same type of care that we do.
0: That, that's so phenomenal T- to have that connection because, as you said, right now you're open once a month, but yet mm-hmm. in a way you're providing daily service. Or we hope to. -hmm. Or it is because of the referrals you're essentially Mm -hmm. providing or making that available to people.
3: Yeah. And the um, really great thing is if one of our patients wants to continue seeing a physician, um, the doctor can ask the patient to come into their clinic and they'll be able to see them there as well. So I think the most important thing is just getting someone into the healthcare system and then um, they can continue their care from there.
0: Exactly. And of course, this is an area with our health, with medical care, that's uh, just really one of the fundamentals in our life. And there's a great need for it, isn't there?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What we found is that, um, you know, even though health care now is, through the Affordable Care Act, is still as accessible to everyone, but still the cost of the premiums are so high. Um, and still there are a lot of people without access to health care Um, So they depend upon these community or free clinics to kind of like get their physical checks and, you know, some preventive um, care.
0: And because what happens here, this is, it is totally a free clinic. Yes. To anyone in the community who has some kind of a health issue and has no other recourse to medical care because of cost, they can come to you. That
1: is correct. And then if you have insurance, we'll take it. But if you don't, no questions asked, right? I mean, you can pay whatever you want or not pay at all, but it's completely, you know, a free...
2: So um, basically, it's a sliding scale. Okay. Yeah. So people who have insurance, when they pay, they are able to cover for people who are uninsured. And
0: isn't that actually... Wonderful. Isn't this the way we should be working as as humanity in yeah. general, right? Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And also the doctors who volunteer, yes. we heard from them that they, they feel really satisfied giving back to the community. And uh, they feel at ease when they come here and uh, help someone out. And so to
0: that uh, point about the doctors and would be the n- nurses, all the medical staff, they are volunteers. How do you find them? How do they come to you?
3: They usually um, just reach out to us and they tell us that they're interested in volunteering. So we had a core, a starting team of volunteers who were like our community members and family friends who, like, who heard about the clinic that we were about to start. And then they were um, interested in volunteering. And then word kind of spread. And then more and more people began learning about the clinic. They ended up telling their friends at the hospitals and clinics that they worked at. And these individuals came as well. Um, so it's mostly just... Like it's a snowball effect. One person hears about it and then they bring more people
2: together. And actually, it's good for the students who want to uh, pursue medical uh, career. So, it's very beneficial for them to get voluntary hours and uh, some of the experience. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So, they work alongside, just as they would in a, in a hospital, they work alongside the, the medical doctor, the certified doctor. Yes, right?
3: That's, right. that's right. Yes. Yeah. Another cool thing that we do is we have medical assistants at our clinic who um, used to be physicians um, before they immigrated to the United States, and now they're applying for their board exams or like, trying to get recertified in the United States, but they're able to work alongside um, doctors just to gain more experience with the healthcare system here and um, just continue their education.
0: I love the multifaceted aspect of this. That you know, there are so many people benefit from mm-hmm. this on so many different levels. That it uh, could. Did you imagine,
2: Nikki, actually, when when you first had the vision that this kind of thing would be happening? Actually, no. No. Yes. This uh, we started MCRC as a resource center, but uh, the community demand and the need. Uh, made us enter into whatever we are today. And we are really grateful to MAPS, especially to open up their doors and their facilities and to welcome MCRC, part of them as MAPS MCRC. And uh, this way we are able to do more, help uh, the community and the broader community in more.
1: So I was also gonna say that um, what we realized is just to add on to what Nikki just said, you know, we started initially to focus on hunger and homelessness, Mm -hmm. right? But then we realize that when someone walks into our office hungry, we realize that they have a broader need than just hunger, right? So when they're coming, coming here, with a, they're either hungry or homeless, we realize that just giving them food or maybe giving them a hot meal is just not sufficient. They have other needs, right? They have some health issues, so they need to go see a doctor and they can't afford to pay for them. They might need to go see a lawyer and they need some legal services. They may need shelter, they may need, um, you know, um, there are other other things that they may need. So we realized that, you know, so our services kind of like grew from there. So to kind of like start providing, hey, have you seen a doctor? And said, oh, I can't go for a doctor. So that forced us to kind of like evaluate whether we should have this free medical clinic. Then we realized that people who are coming to our office Maybe they're having some family issues or they have immigration issues. They need to see a lawyer and they can't afford legal fees. So that forced us to think about, okay, maybe we should have a free legal clinic too in addition to a medical clinic. So we added that to our portfolio of services. So if you look at our portfolio of services now, we are able to kind of like connect people um, and and provide them a comprehensive set of services just through our MCRC umbrella of services and then services that we cannot provide we can connect them to our extensive partner network that have that we have now built up. So I say, hey, we, MCRC doesn't do this, but here's five organizations that you can go talk to uh, who would be able to provide that. And we can actually refer to them, help them with paperwork, to kind of like get them services in that organization.
0: Because uh, it might be redundant if yes. someone's, right? Yes, absolutely,
1: yes. yeah. We've tried not to replicate services or reinvent services. So if there's another organization providing the services we just work with them and say, hey, here are some clients that we want to refer to you. Can you help them, right? I mean, that's how we are, we've been able to develop this network of partners that we can leverage and to, to provide a comprehensive set of services for people who come into our office.
2: And over the years, we have built up trust, uh, not only within our community, but also uh, the other communities and faith-based organizations. So that way we are able to like uh, build uh, bridges among each other and work together So it's a a very uh, diverse, uh, you know, group of uh, effort, which is happening here at MCRC. Yes. And, you know, in a different time, we might not even want
0: to underscore that or highlight it. But just because of the tension that we need to acknowledge has existed, particularly in the last couple of years, because there was the big ban two years Mm -hmm. ago. I mean, it's amazing. It's just two years ago or already two years so to acknowledge that this building of community and networking and and embracing each other and you know we want to see this connectedness because it's so important i mean this is who we are as people right yes
1: absolutely yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have an interesting story um to say about our legal clinic yes. um so we envision the legal clinic and I am I want to say the story because you mentioned something about what is going on in the environment, right? So we originally it, it realized we needed to have access to lawyers to provide family law, right? Especially when the client's coming in facing a domestic violence issue or something like that, they needed to consult with a lawyer for some family law type things. And that was our original vision about why we wanted to start a legal clinic too. And we worked with the King County Bar Association and the another organization called MILA, which is the Middle Eastern Law Association, to kind of like provide free legal services just like we do with our medical clinic. So we had this inauguration plan to kind of like kick this off purely as a as a way for people to get some consulting from on legal issues. Um, so the, we, the day actually that, um, uh, the week actually that we had an inauguration of the legal clinic was when the um, Muslim ban went into effect. And it was amazing. You know, we had planned to have lawyers there, but uh, we were expecting maybe 30, 40 people. But then, because that was the same week, the Muslim ban went into effect. And we had over 300 people show up, all from immigration issues. And it's like, and that's one of the most high-in-demand services that people come to our legal clinic. Because we serve a lot of refugees, uh, a lot of immigrants. They, they want access to talk to an immigration lawyer and things like that. So, you know, I just wanted to relate that because um, that ties back to, you know, the broader environment and things that are happening and how our services are being leveraged in that context.
0: And it, what it brings to mind for me is that there are no accidents that all of this was being developed and it just happened to happen at that time when the need was so great. Amazing. I don't know.
1: It just, it just so happened and it's just that week. It was like a, a pretty crazy that time.
2: Yes. Yeah, we were just uh, serving meals uh, at the SeaTac airport uh, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about this uh, immigration. Uh, yeah. yeah, so
1: as part of the federal government shutdown, right? Yes. So we, we had the opportunity to go say thank you to our federal workers who were working without pay for almost a, almost a month. So this Monday, actually, we were there serving meals to um are our, 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 uh, our friends at uh, TSA and our friends with the uh, CBP there, as well as the Coast Guard. So we were talking about this and, we, and you know, they were so, um, you know, happy uh, to see us. And it's just an opportunity for us to say thank you to them for the work.
2: Yeah. And we got to see the other side of the uh, TSA officers instead of them being like, uh, you know, the officers. They were human beings. And you realize that we are all the same when it comes to, uh, you know, Uh, when you meet one-on-one behind the scenes, it's like, I mean, we were were really happy to do that and exchange hugs and smiles and just have a casual conversation. And in fact, uh, uh, this afternoon we were there too. I mean, some of our volunteers from MCRC and uh, other uh, Muslim organizations joined together and uh, served meals this afternoon too, to just tell them thank you. From all of us, yes.
0: Because even though they are back to work with pay, getting caught up yes. Yes. doesn't happen instantly. Yes. Absolutely, yes. So to have that kind of outreach, and and you were happy to be sharing with them, but I know they had to have been so grateful to to have that that kind of support and outpouring of food and love mm-hmm. and ju- just connection.
1: Yes, it was really a humbling yes. experience for us.
2: Yeah. And, and also we took some uh, gift cards for them in case uh, if they need to purchase food or gas so they can just use those. So whoever needed, they, they were happily, they received it. And some people said maybe somebody needs more than I do. So which was really, uh, you know.
0: So people were, were not just grabbing at it. No, what you saw was just a sharing. Yes, right.
2: yes. And each one were taking care of uh, their friends and uh, the co-workers, which was really nice. Even even when they were serving food, they said, I think we'll share it with others.
0: You know, this is so incredible to be talking about this kind of outpouring of support and love Part of it is connected to February where it's Heart Health Month, for one, uh, but we're thinking about the heart and love and Valentines and that sort of thing. What you are sharing with this kind of story, with the medical clinic, is is that kind of love in action that happens daily and, and what really counts, not just some kind of a commercial effort. It's, it's really meaningful.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, for example, every month we serve over 300 hot meals at six six different shelters on the east side. We are there almost every week, especially in the winter months when all the winter shelters are open. We are there. Our volunteers are there serving hot meals. You know, almost every other day um, in different shelters. Um, plus, you know, our office uh, provides what we call lifesaver cards uh, that Nikki mentioned. These are food cards, food and gas cards for people, either homeless, who need a meal, or people sleeping in cars. They just walk into our office, pick up these cards, and the, the and our clients actually named them Lifesaver cards because it saves it saved Save. their lives, right? Yes. So that's that was a name that they gave us, uh, gave for this program. It's called the Lifesaver Program. And we are registered in the King County Emergency 211 hotline so people can reach us. Through that, so and we get a lot of referrals from the two one one hotline. A lot of our city human services commissions, um, you know, refer people to us. So we have a lot of traffic in our office every day. I mean, people needing different kinds of assistance.
2: And it's just not uh, giving them cards and just uh, staying alone. We also give them like uh, uh, emotional support, which is so important in today's world. A lot of people who come into our office, they just want someone to listen to them. You know, just sitting there and listening to their stories and listening to what is going through their uh, emotions and uh, the stage of life they are in. So that is something which they look forward when they come into our office. There's someone always there to listen to them. So
0: is there a need on on your uh, side, for volunteers, uh, you know, if someone listening to this and feels like, this is incredible work, can I volunteer? How would they, do you need the volunteers? Yes,
2: volunteers are always welcome. Yeah. So and it's, it's, it's good to build up bridges, and especially not just, uh, uh, earlier we spoke that MCRC, Muslim Community Resource Center, is not just for Muslims, but it's for anyone and everyone in need. So we would welcome people from different backgrounds to come and help us out and join us and just have fun volunteering
0: yes and even financial support cuz you were
1: saying yes um yeah financial support would be welcome too but our community has been so generous i mean the organization runs pretty much you know on individual donations we don't have a lot of uh, grants from the state or cities or uh, most of our contributions come from individuals who who feel that we're truly making a difference and they and they want to help. Um, so that's, and contributions would be always welcome and that'll help us scale and expand our services.
0: Yes, which uh, I'm sure there's always room for that growth. There's yes. always the need. So to do that, the website that people should go to?
1: Yeah, people can reach us um, either at uh, mapsredmond.org slash mcrc or reach us at mcrcseattle.org um, that's our, our main website, and uh, you can donate on there.
2: And also, we are planning to have a full-time clinic. Our goal end of this year is to expand our clinic and uh, have a full-time clinic so that we can serve uh, people who are uninsured and who need some health care.
0: Yeah. So we're back to Nehat. Yes. You are still with us, right, Nehat? <laughs> <laughs> and yep, talking, here. yes, and to talk about the expansion from one day a week to going to a full time, are we talking about then like five days a week or more?
3: Yeah, five, five days a week or more um, is hopefully the goal. Um, one really cool thing that we were able to, to do is establish a partnership with Swedish Hospital Family Medicine Residency Program, actually. And so we'd become a site for um, residents to kind of rotate through. So that we'd always have doctors at our clinic who'd be able to see, see patients um, during business hours.
0: This is so phenomenal. I, I'm really in awe that all of this is happening and there's such help for those who are most in need and our health, of course, being so critical. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, with the clinic, how would they go mm-hmm. about doing
3: that? Um, so there are two ways. One is we have a phone number that connects directly to our clinic phone number. And um, the phone number is 206-486-5352. And then we also have an email address. And it's like we're always attending to it. It's a 24-hour email address. And we'll respond as soon as possible. And that email address is mapsmcrcclinic at gmail.com.
0: So these medical resources, we mentioned earlier, it was mentioned earlier about it being on a sliding scale. So it's available to those who have some insurance, for those who are uninsured. The help is there so someone doesn't have to suffer and feel like no one cares.
3: Yes. Right. So we, our clinic is open for anyone and um, yeah, we welcome everyone.
0: I've certainly really gotten that impression, even magnified uh, this morning with our conversation. Sharif family, you are so amazing. The work that you're doing, the the connection and the care and the love really for uh, the community, for each other, obviously, but for the community in general, you know, so that we really are doing what we can do as human beings, really connecting and supporting and helping each other. You really, I'm just in awe of the work you're doing. It's just
1: an opportunity for us to share the blessings that we have and just to help people. I mean, that's the least that we can do.
2: Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for having us and for letting us speak on whatever service we are providing. I hope we'll be beneficial to the society and the community.
0: I'm sure it already is for those who have been connected. And, uh, you know, these kinds of things just ripple out and begin to build more and really grow. That's what I envision is happening. And and I wish you all the best as all of you continue in this work. And I thank you so much for spending this time with me and our listeners this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Greatly
2: appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Thank you for the opportunity.